Well, good morning or afternoon, everybody. <laughs> it is the midweek main point here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church. Uh, I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, and I'm joined here with uh, my good brothers, Jeremiah Custer and Blake Flincham. Jeff is on vacation, uh, probably in some tropical uh, paradise. Uh, we don't know, we're not sure where he's at, you know, right now, but I'm sure he's a uh, He's uh, lounging around enjoying enjoying his time off, fellas, and well-deserved time off. So uh, it's just the three of us guys here today to talk about uh, uh, Sunday's message. So what we do on Monday Main Point here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church, we uh, get together and uh, discuss the message. Um, obviously, this is midweek Main Point this week because we, we our, our offices were closed on Monday, so we weren't able to record Monday. So. Um, but we're going to talk at length about this uh, message Jeff preached on the 4th of July. And the title of the message, guys, was um, um, go to this, A Better Country. A Better Country. It came from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. And on the 4th of July, you hear, you know, I don't know, you hear, you hear the title is going to be A Better Country, and everybody automatically thinks, okay, well, he's going to talk about how. The U.S. of A. is is a better country. It's it's better than all the other countries. It's like the best country, and or or maybe 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 oh we need a better country. We need to you know as Americans we need to make this country better. You know, and we we could do that by putting the right people in office and and those kinds of things. Uh, or maybe a better country would be a country where people. Um, you know, really, truly embrace their freedoms and celebrate America for being America. But that's absolutely none of what he was talking about <laughs> because, honestly, the Bible doesn't talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. What the Bible teaches us is that um, the country we're to look forward to, the truly better country, is the future country that we'll receive in the end time when God's kingdom uh, comes to earth. And so... We're talking about heaven as a better country, uh, for lack of a better term. So we'll, we'll, we'll refer to it as heaven. I, I, I don't like using heaven, guys, all the time because sometimes you use heaven and people automatically, they have different views of what heaven is. Some people, you say heaven and they start imagining, you know, clouds and, yeah. you know, a cloud city uh, and, you know, a place that's got like stairways made of clouds and like a harp, a little harp, right? <laughs> Angels flying around, and little angel diapers, and blowing little angel trumpets. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, some people, some people hear heaven, and that's exactly what they think of. But that, when we mean heaven, we're talking about God's kingdom. I believe come to earth, a re, you know, redone earth, obviously glorified earth, but God's kingdom come to earth. That that we're we're um, all you know everything is made right everything that was broken is made right again and we're able to live eternally in the presence of god Mm. Um, that's what heaven is heaven is more about being in god's actual presence than it is anything else so that's the better country we're talking about so if that's the better country we're talking about why would jeff preach this on the fourth of july right yeah like uh, well, you fooled us, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you made it sound like you were going to talk about um, America. But I think that there is a, and we're going to talk about that a lot today. I think there is a, um, a relationship um, between us as Americans and us as citizens of the kingdom um, and where our allegiance really needs to be, right? And what, um, and what does that look like? If my allegiance is, is pointed one way, how does that affect my the my my other citizenship, right? How is that going to affect that? And we're going to talk about that because I think in a large part that's what Jeff talked about as well. But to kind of get us started on the right foot here, let's look at Hebrews eleven thirteen through sixteen. I'm just going to read this from the CSB, and then uh, we'll get into discussing these points. So the author of Hebrews writes, "These all died in faith." He's talking about. If you go backwards in, in the context, all the heroes of the faith, you know, talking about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah, and how all these died in faith without having received the promises, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Hmm. Now, those who say such things make it clear 
that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been remembering that land they came from, they would have had opportunity to return. But they now aspire to a better land, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Uh, it's a great text. Um, so the first thing that Jeff pointed out, and it comes from that, that first verse we read, which is that these all died in faith without having received the promises, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. And the point that he made is that if, since we have this better country, we do have a better country now. We have this better country because Jesus has purchased it for us right. on the cross and through his resurrection. But since we have a better country, we confess, like these did, that we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know, Jeremiah, the first thing that kind of stands out to me, I want to read over verse 13 again, is that this idea of these all died in faith without having received the promises. What promises are they talking about there? I mean, like, are, are, what, 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 what had God promised them that, that they were looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, we could we could talk specific people, but I'll just use the big one, like Abraham. Abraham was promised that that he would he would represent or start a people that was more diverse or or that was more in number than the sand on the seashore mm-hmm. um, or the stars in the sky. And what Hebrews is trying to say, he died believing that promise. He never got to see that come to fruition. Right. Um, and then I think the author of Hebrews is trying to try, the whole book is trying to make a make a claim to all those promises going all the way back to Genesis three, um, where where uh, God promises Eve and the devil that there was going to be one come from Eve who would crush the head of Satan. Um, so going all the way back to that first promise, uh, and then the promises that every single one of the covenants God made with humans. Uh, they all died in those some of the promises had come to fruition in some ways but for the most part like with with Abraham with David David was promised that um, someone from his lineage would right. sit on the throne forever right so he never gets to see that promise come to fruition but he believed in it he looked at it from afar right and uh, by believing in it he had faith in that and indirectly had faith ultimately in Jesus. Right, and so it, and, and what the author of Hebrews goes on to say then is that in putting putting faith in those promises, even though they were afar off and, and, and believing them, embracing them, confessing them, that it, it's in that embrace, it's in that confession that they're also confessing that they're strangers and pilgrims on the earth or strangers and foreigners, or foreigners and temporary residents on the earth, depending upon the translation. What does it mean to be a to be a, a foreigner? I mean, Jeff talked a little bit about this, but on, in his in his message, Blake. But I mean, what, what what does it mean to be a foreigner? To act as a foreigner or a stranger on on this earth? Yeah. So I think basically what Jeff is getting at is, and we'll look at this in like a New Testament sense, mm-hmm. is that as Christians, we know that we have a home, a an eternal home waiting for us, and. Everything that we do should be based on that eternal home. We want other people to have that eternal home. So really our main citizenship is in heaven right. for when we die. So we have to be kingdom-minded, like heaven-minded, if you will. And that means, but we're also here. So our first citizenship, we would say, is in heaven, but we're also here. And we're also we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Right. So we're not acting. We shouldn't be acting like the rest of the world. We should be acting different. And so, in in ways like that, we are kind of foreigners because everything that we should be living like is foreign to the world. Right. If that makes sense. No, it, yeah. it does. It it does to, to some degree. I, I think some people think, okay, um, we're you know we have to we're aliens, right? Right. Not aliens like little green men, but aliens in the sense that we don't belong. You know, I think about that song we sung on Sunday. They sung on Sunday. Yeah. You know, this is not where I belong. Um, I'm not home yet. Right. You know, I'm obviously when you say I'm not home yet, you're saying that this is not home, and I I don't belong here. I this is not, you know, this is not home for me. I remember when we moved uh, from Kentucky to North Carolina uh, when we initially moved. Uh, moved everything over 
even though we we had um, you know immediately because my wife had a job here in North Carolina our, our tax status were down North Carolinians and we're paying paying bills to this you know to North Carolina now but often when we would talk amongst one another we would say oh when we go back home because Kentucky was still home for us right Kentucky was where we we knew we you know we our hearts were still in Kentucky in many ways it's where we were raised it's where we were born it's where our family is it's funny now because we've been here nine years now yeah nine years and now I don't refer to Kentucky as home now I when I, I just came back from Kentucky in fact this the, the, you know, we went there for the fourth of July weekend Although, and and we talk about oh um, you know we're home now you know or we're almost home and so home is now North Carolina and and it's it's and and what is the difference between you know uh, it's it's where we live it's where we've invested it's where it's where our friends are it's where our lives are home I mean I'll always have a home in Kentucky don't get me wrong right. but home now for us is is here and there was a time in our life where home wasn't north carolina we felt like temporary residents right we felt like we were foreigners but now we're north carolinians we've been here nine years we we've established ourselves here and so i think in that way jeremiah and you can relate to this you moved from oklahoma so you know what i'm talking about in that way um i, I think it gives us a kind of a clue as to what it means to be where what do you call home does that make sense yeah i think uh i think maybe what you're trying to say or maybe i can just this is how it works in my brain is that home essentially is wherever you're investing in Mm -hmm. wherever you've put your roots down or whatever um and we need to be careful i think from the sermon and from the text that that we're not too focused on our roots here on earth yeah but that our investment is all in our in our kingdom citizenship and and the bible is not it's not just clear here jeff quoted like four or five different verses where the bible calls us strangers or aliens and it's the word uh xenos which i find funny not really funny but that's in movies and in lore and in some board games even uh, the aliens. There's like a there's like a race of aliens right. called yeah. the Xenos. Xenos. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to remember <laughs> uh, that alien means Xenos, and mm-hmm. it's where our word for alien comes from. But I mean, politically speaking, or just just foreign policy speaking, it's literally the same word you would use to talk about someone who's from a different country. An immigrant. An right? immigrant. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, refugee. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would say refugee, but it could be a refugee, right? Just right. anyone who's from a different country, regardless of what their circumstances are. For yeah, because refugee. Well, you I, assume I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. You assume it's someone running from their country sure, or sure, whatever, right. trying right. to go to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think refugee fits into that. Like mm-hmm. you could you could easily say that Christians are refugees here, right? But, but we don't really we're not we don't run from our other home. We're yeah. just. In the world, but not of it, like the Bible says. So sure, I mean, we're literally strangers here. Like, and honestly, if you're being honest as a true Christian, it should feel strange sometimes. It should feel foreign. It should feel weird. Yeah. So that was going to be a follow-up question I had too to both of you is that um, can we be aliens, um, Xenos, on this earth? And still be friends with Earth. Like, can can is is it okay to be friends with Earth and still be foreigner to Earth? Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's probably the difference in like stewardship and idolatry. I think God puts us here as stewards of Earth and participates participants in Earth. He gives us a mission. Um, and then, like Jesus in Jesus' prayer, he talks about uh, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's sort of like we're here um, as representatives of heaven, like we're we're ambassadors. It's really hard to be an ambassador to a country you have, you have citizenship in, by the way. 
<laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But the Bible calls us ambassadors. Um, so we're representing heaven on earth. Right. And that, that's a call and commission God has given us. So it can't be a negative thing. Uh, obviously, it has to be a so positive it's, thing. So Something it's, not, God is, it's not like we're at, we're at war with earth. No, no. So that so that you know, there's there these two camps, heaven and earth, are at war with one another. We represent heaven, and so therefore we we you know declare war on earth, yeah. declare right. war on all earthly no, things. If anything, we should be trying to bring an aspect of heaven to earth. You know, kind of like it really just kind of follows the example of Jesus, like the Son of Heaven, Son of Man came and talked about heavenly things, and now we kind of go to other people and talk about heavenly things just as Christ did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like friend of sinners. You know, I kind of think back to, uh, like, my time playing high school football. That was strange, especially when I started to, like, really take my faith seriously and mm-hmm. start to know that I was, like, caught into ministry and whatnot. Let me be honest with you, nobody else on that team I don't think was called to ministry. They felt called to party Friday nights after a good win, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Sure. So there is an aspect where, it, like, it is weird. It is weird. It's kind of uncomfortable sometimes, but that's what we're called to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think sometimes um, while the policies of the two countries are going to be different, right? Policy is going to be different for for those who are not who are look. We're all we're all humans. I'm not saying we're not human. Yeah. We're all humans. But for those who have their citizenship in heaven, policy is different from those who have their citizenship only here on earth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So the policy is different. We we're going to see things differently. Our worldview is totally different. Um, and then yes, our investments are going to be different. Um, and, and I do, I, I do think, and, and, and you, you hit on what I was trying to get out on there, Jeremiah, really well, is that part of the reason why North Carolina has become home to us is because it's where we're invested. We, we, we you know, we we bought our first home here in North Carolina, our first house yeah. here in North Carolina, and you know, so like our children are grown up in North Carolinian schools. Um, all that being said, I was sitting here thinking, you know, I still have attachments to my my Kentucky home. I, I, anybody who knows me knows I bleed blue. You know, I still care very much about Kentucky yeah. and what goes on in Kentucky. I I, um, I have people who live in Kentucky. I'm not trying to get them to move to North Carolina. I'm not an ambassador for North Carolina, but um, but 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 I, I'm not at war with Kentucky just because I'm I'm I'm. I'm uh, I have North Carolina as my home now. I don't know. Does that make sense? I, I think there's. I think there's an analogy there, and this kind of gets into. I think what his second point was, and I think the first point and the second point are really closely linked together. And so let's just go ahead and talk about that as well, because the second point that he was making in the message, besides the fact that we have to confess that we're strangers and pilgrims, is that we can't be too attached to our earthly homeland. And he gets this from 14 and 15. It says, now those who say such things, those who make such confession, right? They make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. That they haven't found home yet, right? They're seeking a homeland. If they had been remembering that land they came from, they would have had opportunity to return. I love that. Like if, 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 if what Abraham was looking forward to had been what he, what he had already received then he could have just gone back there, but he didn't. Yeah. Like if so, if if this earth is what we're supposed to be looking forward to, we have all the opportunity in the world as Christians to embrace it. But if we're saying no, we're looking forward to something better. That we confess that this is not better. That there's something better. We have a better land promised to us, a better kingdom then by making that confession, we're saying we are now seeking that which is better. And if we're seeking that, if we're seeking that as home, then we're not calling this home, yeah. right? And, 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 and that's, that's the difference. Um, I do think, and Jeff made a good point of this, and let, let's talk about this for a second, because in his in- introduction, I thought he gave a really good illustration. He was talking about how... Um, 
his grandfather grew up very poor, uh, never owned a, yeah. his own piece of property, right? In fact, the only piece of land he ever owned was the, the grave he's buried in. So, um, uh, and, and so for him, when they would sing songs in church of heaven, songs like, you know, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop and that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder we will never more wander but walk on streets that are pure as gold. He's saying, I've got a home. It's not here because I can't own a home here. I don't have I don't have the means by which to purchase a home here. But I have my deed for my homeland is in heaven. And so that's where I'm invested. And he got you know, Jeff told the story about how he would get excited and tears would roll down his face whenever they would sing that song because it meant something to him. Then he made the point, and I think he's right about this, that for many of us, um, especially if you're, doing, if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you have a phone, you have, you have a computer, you have, you have a, a earthly attachments and luxuries that, that, um, that cost money. And, and, and it's very easy then to put so much investment in where we are right now that heaven loses its luster for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I think for many, heaven is, the allure of heaven is dimmed by the glittering of what we have right now. You know, and we know that not everything that glitters is gold. Um, and so we have this sort of fool's gold that we're in love with and it's so shiny and pretty that we're missing out on the pure diamond that, 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 that's heaven because we're, we're, we're entranced by the luster of what we have now. And it puts in, in, in a, a sort of a dim perspective the land that we should be looking forward to. I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, just to be honest with you, this is only a point that Jeff even has to bring up because we live in America. I think other places or even other places or... That's a really good point. It, yeah. I mean, they just realize, like, yeah, this obviously can't be it. This is awful, right? Yeah. Um, but in America, there are aspects of America which are awful. But in for the most part, we're comfortable. Yeah. And, and the tendency, unfortunately, the tendency is to invest too much here because it just feels like... And, and 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 even preachers will teach this, right? Like, like to be close to God, He'll give you a blessing, right? And so it just feeds into that whole American dream of mm. my whole investment is here, and God wants me to have the investment here. This is it, right? But I think if you're in another country, maybe not every other country, but in a lot of other countries, it, this is just obvious. Like, oh, obviously, this isn't everything, right? right? Or maybe. I don't know if there's still kind of this mentality for people in foreign countries. I used to think that a lot of people wanted to come to America and they felt like that was like they've made it. Once I get to America, I've made it. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a reality now. I think the I think other countries are catching up to us in comfort. Let's put it that way. And the world's a smaller place now. But, um, yeah, I think... I think we just get too invested in here. And and if you're listening, you may not be a believer. You might not be a Christian, which means that this is all you have. Yeah. This yeah. earth is all you have. All your investment is here. You're not investing in any other uh, thing. And I'll just ask you, like, is that is that enough? Like, is this really all we get? Yeah. As comfortable as it is. Uh, in America, is this really it? Like, is this all we should pursue and everything we should invest our whole lives in, in this? Or is there a better country? Is there is there a better existence? And see, here's here's the problem we're going to run into. And and uh, as as I mentioned, policies are different between the two, right? Because our policy is dictated by Scripture. And here in America, especially as as people as we gain more and more freedoms and things like that, there are people who are going to say, "Well, if that's the policy, then it can't be a better land, 
because a better land wouldn't have a policy like that, mm. right? If that's if 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 your policy says that I can't, I'll just be honest. If your policy says that it's wrong for me to marry whoever I want to marry, if your policy says Blake that it's wrong for me to that I don't have the right to um, uh, to terminate a pregnancy that I don't want, um, if your policy holds to those kind of tenets, then it's not a country I want to live in, and so. I would rather live in America than to live in your country. Yeah, and with people who kind of have the mindset like of those that you just kind of used as an example, it's just they don't really have the right knowledge, like the right understanding of like God and like why there's that. Like Mm -hmm. he's not putting those rules in order to like prevent you from happiness or this and that. He's there to, those rules are actually there to like benefit you. And but people don't see that as like a benefit to me, but as a, uh, but as like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, to hinder me. Right, hindrance. Yeah, yeah like a, like for a hindrance, and that's like God doesn't want to hinder. Like He wants what's best for you, but what's best for you is holiness. Like temporary things, and even Solomon in Ecclesiastes come to, mm-hmm. comes to this conclusion that all is vanity. Yeah, you know wealth. Yeah, it's great for a while. It ends up really being nothing because I mean you can't take it to you to that. You can't take it with you to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, family, it's great, but they're gonna die. You right. know, uh, education, it's great to have knowledge. Wisdom's great, but eventually, you know, your brain's gonna be dead at one point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so all of this, you know, it's gonna go away one day. Right. If we all we do is focus on the here and now. Yeah, and I think, Jeremiah, some of that comes from, uh, it's just, it goes right back to the same problem that Adam and Eve had in the garden, right? It's that whole thing, I want to be God. And so, um, uh, I want to be the one to dictate the rules of the country. Yeah, your country already has a God. Yeah. My my country needs a God, right? Like, I want to be the God of my country. I want to I want to build up my kingdom and make the rules and have my own policy. Your country already has a policy, already has its leader. It doesn't need me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so, or, 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 or even, even so, or I don't even like your country's leader. Right? I don't, yeah. I don't like the policies that you're. I mean, I've heard people say, I've, you know, it's it's a bit extreme, and not everybody says this, but you know, if God, if God can accept me for who I am then I don't want any part of him. Yeah. You know, if God can't accept me, and if God, if God, you know, um, can't accept me and my partner as a married couple, then we don't want to live in his heaven anyway. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And like, your God doesn't like love. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Our, you, you're, you're, you claim that your God is a God of love. He's not a God of love. He's, you know, he's a God of hate. Mm-hmm. And they uh, almost you know. see that as like a version of hell. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it's, it. again, it goes back to, and I think this is a distinctly American attitude, we don't like authority. We just don't. And so I think it's really easy for us. It's another reason why it's so easy for us to become attached to this earthly homeland. And, of course, I'm talking right now about non-believers, but I think believers have this issue too, by the way. I I think we as believers have a similar issue. We're like, maybe it's not so... You know, bold and brash as some of that things I just outlined, but we still, you know, we talk about investments, Jeremiah. I mean, it's it, you know, there's this idea that my money, my bank account, right, is my money, my bank account, my resources are my resources, my home is my home. I worked hard to get this. This is mine, and uh, it's this idea of how dare God ask me to. Uh, relinquish any control over any of this. This is mine, right? And and a lot of times when we do that and we say those kinds of things, it's because our citizenship is more grounded in the here and now than it is grounded in the yet to come. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. This goes back a little bit to point one, and then we'll we can move on if y'all want. Sure. Um, Jeff Jeff's spent a good portion of his intro talking about his grandpa and uh, just kind of the mentality or maybe the the era from his grandpa. Um, 
I think it was just a poor time, great, uh, the great, what was it called? The Great Depression great. Mm-hmm. time and that type of stuff. Um, so, so Abraham was a good example, right? Because right. he had no home. Right. I think for us and for America, David's the example. And Solomon, like you just said, mm-hmm. is the example. That's yeah. the point. Because David's literally the king. Mm-hmm. And he's desiring a better country. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he has sovereign authority over his kingdom. Mm. And he still thinks there's, it's got to be better than this. Mm. Solomon, who comes right after David, he, it looks like to me, and I think y'all would agree, Solomon is even richer than his father. Yeah. Has more yeah. things, pursues no, more. I think, it, I think it's definitely. Pursues more pleasure yeah. mm-hmm. than his father. Um and, and is able to obtain all of those things. Height of the kingdom of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And he writes Ecclesiastes, is like, guys, this is vanity. Like, it's nothing. But, you know, it takes him to the end of his life to yeah. recognize that. Yeah, all the way at the end. He finally recognizes it and, uh, and, and says that it's all about fearing God and keeping his commands. Like, it's all about the Lord. Not, not, the, not all this wealth. I mean, look, there's, there's an imagery in the Bible where... Uh, he has this footstool and it's made of like all these ornate metals like even his footstool is made of gold and everything right this stuff is pointless it's it's worthless in comparison to this this new kingdom so i think uh sure you can look at your grandparents or you can look at um abraham even but i think for us in in the comfort level you got to look at david and you got to look at solomon and even they were found wanting that this That's isn't right. the kingdom they want. Yeah, going back to what I was saying a minute ago, it takes Solomon almost to the end of his life to recognize it. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I think as long as we have mortality, like we feel like we, we, we're, we're, as long as we're alive, we're young, we're vital, um, we we don't think too much about about the land to come. Yeah, um, It's when we're on our deathbed. It's when we're sick and in the hospital, right? It's when we all of a sudden realize that, I said this wrong a minute ago, it's when we are faced with our mortality. Yeah. We are going to die, right? It's when those moments come. It's when, like COVID, right? It's when COVID happens that suddenly you realize that there's things that are more important than your bank account. There's things that are more important than than your current pleasures and things like that. Um, when those things get got taken, Take it away. I mean, there, 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 were, there, there was a time there at the very beginning of all this when we were in lockdown when all the things that you take pleasure in or most of the things you take pleasure in were suddenly taken from us. I mean, we couldn't, yeah. watch, we couldn't watch professional We couldn't watch any sports. There was no sports on television. We were, I was literally watching marble racing <laughs> because it was the only thing that was, that was a yeah. competitive thing. You know, I, I, like, like, those things got taken away. And suddenly you recognize and realize, wait a second, how much time am I spending Mm. on all this stuff how much time am i investing in all this um and so i think i think there is something to that um so let, let's move to that third point and the third point that he made um again it's sort of all these dovetail well with one another but the third point um is since we have a better country we continue to live as kingdom citizens while on this earth so we've kind of touched on this already a bit um, he, he actually he brought this out from Hebrews eleven sixteen, which is the, but they now aspire to a better land, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He's prepared a city for them. Um, I'm looking to see. He also used an NLT version, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He's prepared a city for them. Um, and I think the idea here is probably better outlined though in the scripture passage that he used from 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, where he says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. But then in verse 12 he says, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they'll see your honorable behavior and they'll give honor to God when he judges the world. Jeremiah, how, why is it important for us then, if, if our citizenship is not on this earth, um, our citizenship, I mean, on, a, on paper is, for, for the three of us here and for most of our listeners, our citizenship is in America. Um, 
why is it important that if our citizenship, our true citizenship, is in the kingdom of heaven, why is it important to even care about what's going on here around us? And why is it important to live to, to live these kingdom lives in uh, while we're while we're on on earth? Yeah, first I always like to talk about. Um, I, I don't remember where it's referenced, but it, it says that our our actions actually bring glory to God. Hmm. That what we do actually glorifies God. And I think the best, and Jeff didn't use it, I don't think, but I think the best illustration for how to live is the ambassador, right? Like when you're the ambassador, you're not actually a citizen of that country. Mm-hmm. But what you do is you represent your country. You don't really speak on behalf of yourself. You speak on behalf of the country. Mm. You speak on behalf of the authority, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you're supposed to act in such a way that doesn't, that doesn't put any, any, any blemish on your country, that doesn't put well, any... I mean, we, we, were, we were just talking about this at lunch, right? I mean, yeah. It, that's the reason why so many people have trouble with the the attitudes of Olympians and things like that because mm. they see at a time of the Summer Olympics and stuff they they see that if you Jeremiah are going in shot put or whatever right you're but you're representing you are an ambassador of America mm. and so you're gonna do you're gonna do and say things that would bring honor and glory to our country right mm. right yeah. You would, I mean, you would think, right, that you wouldn't uh, intentionally misrepresent your country or put a blemish on your country. Uh, although we're, we're using like uh, human terms on earthly terms, right? Yeah, I'm no, trying, no, I'm that, trying to say that that the the country we actually represent is a perfect one, right? Sure, sure, uh, sure. So that's a good point. No, no, that's that, yeah. that point well made. So like, you might. As a representative of, of America, you're going to another country, and they bring up the fact that, what about your country? It does this. Well, you represent the country you're going to try to represent as well, even though you may not agree with everything that that country does. Sure, sure. Uh, but because, for, it, because it's not a perfect country. Yeah, but for our citizenship and for our amb- ambassadorship, the only way we can mess it up is us, right? right. <laughs> We're supposed to be ambassadors of a perfect country um and i I know jeff he's not here to defend himself or to talk about it we'll probably talk about it later he mentioned that that we have dual citizenship yes i somewhat disagree here i i actually think that um while i am a citizen of america um i could just be a citizen of any country Mm -hmm. um it's just not, not luck. I don't want to say the grace of God, although it is the grace of God, I guess. But that I just so happen, while I'm on earth currently, I'm a citizen of a, of USA. Um, but the Bible calls us strangers. It calls us exiles. It calls us foreigners. It calls us aliens. I don't know how else to say I'm not, I'm not really a citizen here. Like, I'm an ambassador from a different country, a heavenly country. Right. I think I think the point would be, then, is that you still have to live here, right? right? You you still have to vote, or well, you know, you have a responsibility to vote. But I'm not saying you have to vote. Yeah. Um, but you have a responsibility. You have you have responsibility to the country that you live in, in the same way that you have a responsibility to the home you occupy, right? You could say, okay, I'm not a citizen of of, of you know my home, my actual home is in heaven, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let my house go. To, to, you know, I'm not going to let the dishes pile up forever and the laundry pile up forever. I, I have to, I, I've got to live somewhere. I've chose to live in this house. And while I'm living in this house, I better take care of it because otherwise, you know, it's going to be a pretty uncomfortable existence. And plus, in addition, you, you, you know, you, you, you want to represent that heavenly home well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does that and, make sense? Yeah, and like as a Christian, and if like God's elected that you be born and raised in America, like as a Christian, why would you not want to make America better? Like advance the kingdom in America because sure. that's where God has you for this specific time. Yeah, you are a resident of heaven, but he's told you, you know, he's put people around you for a purpose so that you can advance the kingdom here. Like, and we need 
we need to go out and make it better. Not to like go be like better people or anything like that, but to pursue Christ and mm. to seek justice. You know, advocate for um, you know, I think pro life, like things anti racism, things like that. Right, That's sure. what we should be doing naturally because we want to be doers of the word. Too. like we just don't want to hear the word but do the, be a doer of the word so to go to go back to what you were saying because I, I find it interesting and it is a, it's a it's a fascinating point um, I think some of this some of your disagreement with the idea of dual citizenship would be what do we mean when we say citizen right mm-hmm. what what does it mean to be a citizen because I think if, if you define citizen as uh, in certain terms I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you it would be like if it is a condition that you can really only be a citizen of one country, to, to say to say I'm a citizen, mm-hmm. like I can only really have citizenship in one place, that it's necess- that's a necessary trait of being a citizen, then certainly you'd have to pick one or the other, right? Yeah. But if being a citizen, if, it can act, if I can actually be a citizen of two places, then uh, there may not be an issue there as much. Does that make sense? We're like... Um, so I'm wondering, in, in your mind, why would you say, because you have the disagreement here, so why would yeah. you say that you don't like calling yourself a citizen necessarily of not just America, but just any country here on Earth? Yeah, I think it's more rooted in, um, I feel like that we're too tied to America. Like, So everything that we're proposing from the scriptures and that we've already talked about, you can do anywhere. Sure. It doesn't have to be in America. Um, I think I think we get too focused on trying to to uh, make America a better place. When I think the scriptures want us more focused on making the whole world a better place. Sure. Now we find ourselves in America now, but if you feel like you're stuck here, then this is all you have, right? But you're not stuck here. Like you could you could be this kingdom citizen anywhere on earth. And so maybe you could say that we have dual citizenship, we have earth citizenship, mm-hmm. and you have uh, and then you have heaven citizenship. And, and even then you have this tension of how much do I invest on my earthly? Sure, uh, sure. And I'm just I just think that no matter where you find yourself, whether it's in America or Africa, that that really you're not a citizen there. You're, you're a foreigner, and you should look like a foreigner. Now, can you vote? Sure. I'm not going to say should. I don't want to ask the question, should you vote? We can, <laughs> we can talk about that in a second. But can right. you vote? Sure, as long as the country allows you to or whatever, wherever, whatever country you find yourself in. And a lot of this, like, like dual citizenship comes up when missionaries, for instance, this is for instance, missionaries who are uh, their country of origin is America, so they have U.S. citizenship, they have... Uh, mother, father, they have children in another country. That child now has dual citizenship. Right. Because they their country of origin would be the U.S. of A. And then uh, their new country, let's say it's France. Um, and I, Each country is different on citizenship. But sure. normally if you're born in that country in their hospital, you receive dual citizenship. Which citizens, uh, a lot of missionaries like to do that because citizens seem to have more benefits and so they're able to do more things. They have access to embassies that no one else has access to and those types of things. So I, I guess just for me, I want to take the focus off of America and just saying that we're here on earth as God's representatives from heaven. Mm. I, get, I get what you're saying. I, I, I think that um, I think it's only uh, no matter to me, no matter where you pick to live on this planet, you're going to be a citizen of that place whatever that is you know if you pick france you'll be a citizen of france you pick peru you'll be a citizen of peru yeah and that's what you pick i think i think i don't know i i think sometimes americans have this mentality that because we were born here we're better than other people or well yeah i mean there is there there's a there's a strong sense of patriotism here and 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 there is a strong sense sometimes and sometimes to its detriment right i mean we, we get that we see that um and I, I hear what you're saying. If you're trying to say, if anybody was to say, okay, the only way that I can really be a good citizen of the kingdom is if I'm a good American citizen, that's just patently false. You can be a good citizen of the kingdom and be a Peruvian citizen. 
You can be a citizen of the kingdom and be a good French citizen. You'll be a good Chinese citizen and still be a citizen of the kingdom. So, and and you could be a good kingdom citizen, live in America, and promote world freedom or or world things that don't just help America. Sure. Right. Like, I think our focus. And I just I don't want people to think because they live here they shouldn't leave here. Like, yeah, it's this country is great. Sure, I like I like it here, but it's not everything. And mm. and if you're so tied to this country and so tied to to the promotion of it that you're unwilling to go somewhere else, especially if God's calling you to go somewhere else, right? Then there's issues. And I just want people to think like you're not really a citizen here, like. Your whole existence and your whole purpose in life has nothing to do with how you vote and and what you do as a citizen of America or how patriotic you are or I think all what, of those types right, of things. I think what you would say is that your kingdom citizenship um, should make it to where you are not just a promoter of America. Like, like just because you are an American citizen doesn't mean that the one place you should ever promote is America and American ideals. That really you should be more about promoting kingdom ideals. Um, even if you are a citizen of America, right? Even if you're, or, or wherever you're a citizen. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. And I do think that sometimes our strong sense of patriotism um, here, and our, our strong love of our country does cause us to think, okay, well, um, the best thing for me to do is to go to another country to make it more American, right? And let me or or to or the be, or or that that if I'm not promoting American interests, then um, I've somehow failed. Um, like that, or and and then like you said, it, that ends up being a real detriment because then you're not willing to go to other parts of the, you're not willing to be a citizen of these other countries in the world. And promote kingdom ideals because you are so focused on American ideals. I, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, go ahead. And to piggyback off that, I, I took a class on the persecuted church over at Southeastern, and to kind of piggyback off what you were saying. So like, so like in America and Christianity, we have something called the uh, the Gideon ministry, where mm-hmm. Gideon's um, uh, part of this group who goes out and give, who basically goes and gives Bibles out to people. Right. And in America, that works. But if you go to a persecuted country, say Somalia, mm-hmm. um, if you and I've actually heard a guy say that there's an example of this. When a guy, when you go out and give somebody Bibles like publicly, and they go into their town square with the Bible and get shot because of, they have a Bible, right? And they're not saved. Like you're not the reason they're in hell by any means. But sure, you've kind of helped them, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. You gave them a Bible, and Somali persecutors saw them, shot them, all because you gave them a Bible. Mm. And so not all American ideals work in other parts of the country. And no, I say all that to, yeah. to say that because we have to be global Christians. Yeah. You know, and not just like American-minded Christians, but global Christians. And be open to, hey, not everything we do is going to work in other parts. It might work here, but the way I pastor here might not be the best way to pastor yeah. in France or Europe. Right. You know, you know one of the things you place. mentioned right. <laughs> one of the things you mentioned earlier, Jeremiah, I think is, is pertinent here, and, it, and it's true, is that our world has shrunk considerably. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is so much easier now to... Be aware of the things that are going on from a global perspective rather than just a single national perspective. And that's a good thing. It really is. This, this sense of global connection that we have. Um, because you're right. Jesus didn't say, um, you know, I'm, I'm calling you to go and make disciples in America. I mean, maybe some people he said that too. But, but he didn't say just only America, right? Um, but to go and make disciples all over the world. And so we our, our commission is a global commission. And if we're too focused on our nationalism, then we'll never have that global perspective. But I do think that the kind of world we live in today, because of the technologies available to us, have made it such that I think there's more people who have that global perspective 
than have a national perspective. Um, I even think about like with 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 COVID, um, that was that was a global event. Mm-hmm. You know that it still is. I mean, it's a global event. It didn't just happen to us. This was happening all over our planet. Um, and 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 so, you know, that idea that this isn't just happening just here, but this is happening all over the world, and I can see the results of it, like immediately uh um that 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 sort of thing really kind of should shake up someone who has just the national glasses on right just only looking through the 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 lenses of 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 their nationalism um i i I think it's i think it's gonna become actually in some ways i think it's gonna be harder and harder to become that sort of have a singular national focus as opposed to a global focus because it's just it's the globe, the globe has shrunk so much because of the kind of connections we're able to make through the media that we have now. Um, yeah, and I just, I don't. Part part of this is just me wrestling with things, right? Because I was taught, and I don't want to know. I don't. I don't even know where I I come up with these ideas that I was taught growing up. Like, but I just feel like if someone doesn't like America, mm-hmm. that means they don't like Jesus. To some people, that's just not true. It's, it's it's not, but or like this last election, I really struggled with not voting, mm-hmm. and the amount of Christians who were like telling me it's my Christian duty mm-hmm. to vote as an American mm-hmm. is astounding. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see that in Scripture. Yeah. I think that you can. You could be a Christian and not vote, and that you didn't sin. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't, I, I I think abstaining is 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 perfectly okay to do, especially yeah. especially if it's motivated by your Christian values. If your if your Christian values are such that it that it that you they compel you to abstain from a vote, then you should abstain from said vote. When some- I don't think it makes you any like now. You have a, you have an American responsibility, you know, as a, as a citizen of America, you have a responsibility to vote. You should vote um, because you live here. You you benefit from the the policies that are in place, so you should vote. You should care about what happens. But if but considering that responsibility, your kingdom responsibility, to me trumps or or is superior to your american responsibility and in that case if your kingdom responsibility says no you should abstain i think that's what you do well another thing you got when it comes to like voting is like you really have to listen to your conscience and some con some people's conscience might be different from others and that is okay yeah for me you know the specific candidate I voted for. I didn't really have a problem in my conscience. Some other Christians might have had a problem if they voted for that particular candidate, and that is completely fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all, and you don't want to go against your conscience, right? When you do, because you're right. Your kingdom citizenship does trump your American citizenship, but it is smart as an American citizen to vote. And yes, you know, if your conscience allows for it, definitely vote. Definitely right. vote for people who you think represents the well, best. Right, and, and, and I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you one more that, that that got my goat during that election than than what you're talking about. I mean, it's one thing to look at you and say, "Well, it's your, you're you're sinning if you don't go and vote." Right? It's another thing entirely to say you're sinning if you don't vote for this guy. If yeah. you don't vote for this particular this particular leader, then how can you call yourself a Christian? Man, I I got a problem with that because because uh, my Christianity has. Um, it, it, my kingdom citizenship has nothing to do with who is in control in these in these 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 political venues and stuff. And I, like now, does my kingdom citizenship inform the way that I vote? Does should it inform the way that I vote? Should it inform the the, the policies that I back? Yes, absolutely, it should. It should be the lens through which I look at everything, right? But um, at the end of the day. Um, if I look at someone and because of my kingdom citizenship, I go, yeah, I don't, I don't really like. I mean, you can't say that this person is the Christian candidate, and that, that anybody who doesn't vote for this person is no longer a Christian. My citizenship does not d- d- depend upon um, on on any other individual, but on Jesus Christ. That's it. 
And to give some context to that, so like let's say things on like a lot of Christians have certain topics they're real passionate about. Sure. But when it comes to like different um, ethnicities, it's actually a Lifeway and Pew Research did a study that different Christians and different like uh, racial groups actually see things a little bit differently. But their main goal is to like glorify Christ. And let's just take for example. Most white evangelicals are conservative, mm-hmm. and they hate the idea of abortion, which mm-hmm. is good. They should, and so mm-hmm. that's why they might tend to vote Republican. Right. Well, it's maybe some African-American uh, Christians. They see justice and r- racism as, like, main topics right. and, uh, like, immigration. And Jesus speaks very finely of, you know, the immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, because technically we're immigrants, you know. Right. Um, and they think, you know what, we should have compassion for them, and we feel like that's what best uh, glorifies Christ, so we're going to do that. So the reason that they vote a certain way different than you might not necessarily be because they disagree with you. It might just be how they think they can glorify Christ. What better. they feel has more priority in right. terms of kingdom citizenship. Yeah. Right. And yeah, and then there's Jeremiah. <laughs> he's in the dead middle of this. I'm like, I just wrestle with why. Why do I have to? Why do I have to pick one? Yeah. Like, why can't? Why can't I just be a kingdom citizen? Right. And and not have a a party affiliation because I see I see from scripture that we should pursue all of that. Right. All of those good things that bring mm-hmm. the most glory to God. Right. And so that's why I struggle, especially. Especially with someone telling me you have to vote, and then going even further, you have to vote this way, uh, and then that you know they're polarizing. Like, don't you don't you hate abortion? Uh, or from the other side, they're like, don't you hate racism? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I both hate of those. <laughs> both of them. Like, and this is the struggle of being a kingdom citizen in heaven. Yes, and I, I guess for whatever reason, I feel it more than older Americans or. Other Americans, let's just say it that way. I, I just feel this like disconnect from well, who I am as a Christian and what people tell me I'm supposed to be as an American citizen. I just don't feel. Yeah, it. and I think I, I think that that's not unique to you, Jeremiah. I think that's a. Yeah. I think that's something your whole generation is, is is struggling and wrestling with now, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. I, I think that, and I think that's why you hear Jeff say something like he did on Sunday, where he says. All my life, you know, I've been very much involved in politics, but I'm realizing as I get older and as I see how important it is to be a kingdom citizen that it might be better for me to be apolitical. It just try to steer away from either political party, just be apolitical. Yeah. And, 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 you know, yes, vote, and, you know, those kinds of things, but, um, but not to give my allegiance to anyone else but to Jesus Christ, not to any political parties. And, and, you know, this, is, this gets into what I was saying at the very beginning of this. What, when we're talking about being citizens, where does your allegiance lie, right? When we, we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, but then we also, as Christians, we pledge allegiance to the, uh, to the Savior and for the kingdom in which it stands. Which one is it, right? Do we have allegiance to both? And, and when those allegiances do conflict with one another, which one are we going to allow to win out in the end? Um, for far too many people, I think they fly the American flag over the Christian flag. And, and I think that's the issue we're talking about here. We have to flip the perspectives of those things, put the Christian flag as our primary allegiance, and then, then let that dictate how we, how we, how we um, deal with these conflicts that we're talking about. And I think, in other words, what you could say, like, our faith should influence our politics, but we shouldn't let our politics influence our faith. Because mm-hmm. yeah. th- there, there is a line where you kind of do need to separate it. Because, like, when we do go to vote, at least it definitely in America, we also as Christians have to realize we're not voting for perfect candidates. We're not voting for a pastor-in-chief. We're voting for a commander-in-chief. Mm-hmm. But... We also have the Holy Spirit, and we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how to act on something like that. Sure. But we should never let our politics be like, yeah, because of our politics, I have to go be, you know, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, whatever. Right, If right. that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, this has been a great discussion. We're out of time, actually, guys. So um, I, I've enjoyed this. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed this as well. Um, you've got uh, some some different perspective here, and uh, but in the end, I think we all fall in the same the same camp as Christians. Um, we know that our our allegiance, our hope, has to be for this better country, not necessarily the country we're living in either. It's the country that we're going to to um, uh, abide in eternally. We're only in America for a short time. <laughs> we're only on this earth for uh, you know this this life for a short time, but we will have that better country for an eternity, and so we should invest in it as much as possible. That's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the uh, Midweek Main Point. Tune in next uh, Monday. Where we'll be all I think all four of us will be back together once more. Uh, Blake will be fresh off of a kids camp adventure. I don't know if and, fresh is the right word. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to be looking uh, to give you a sneak peek. We'll be looking at uh, Psalm 25. That's a Davidic psalm. David wrote that. And we're going to be talking about how there is only one answer key to the maze of life. And so uh, I hope you'll listen uh, for that. And if you get a chance, uh, join us here live at Rosa Sharon on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, uh, either here in the building or online on our Facebook feed. All right, well, that's going to do it for now. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. So long.